0: back to Outkick Betts. I'm excited to handicap week two in the NFL. All the listeners should be excited as well and as pleased as I am with Outkick bets' performance in week one. Me and last week's guest, Dan Z, gave out a ton of winners, so hopefully you guys are leaving us some good reviews since we certainly made you some money last week. Uh, to help me break down week two in the NFL, though, I brought in my old handicapping homie. He now works and writes for sportsbook, review.com please welcome well i guess i can't hear your applause but if you're driving listen to this uh give a nice little round of applause for Eston mclaren Eston, what's up brother
1: thanks jeff doing well hope the same for you nice to be reunited and back talking some football handicapping and you know here's hoping you bring me some good luck for week two
0: yeah man you and i uh originally started a podcast with our previous employer and um, you're one of my first betting syndicate little homies. Like me and you, uh, we we were grinding all of, what, 2020 is when it started?
1: Yeah, we had a couple-year run there, um, probably 2020, 2021. Uh, yeah, and, you know, uh, onwards and upwards, and here's hoping better success for both of us than we had on that previous show.
0: Well... Uh, you can, I wasn't say speak for yourself, but I think you're more speaking for me because you whipped my ass in our head to head, um, in the NFL handicapping, um, contests that we did. You're really sharp when it comes to football. Uh, you're also an expert in golf and hockey. So I'm excited to have you on board and, uh, going through and going through your bet slip for here uh, for week two.
1: Thank you, yes, and yeah, uh, excited golf is back this week. I know this is an NFL podcast, but uh, no. anyone who bets on the PGA Tour, Sahith Tagala to win the Fortnite Championship. There's a free pick off the get-go here before we dive into the gridiron.
0: Love it. The pride of Pepperdine. Of course he knows how to putt in those California Poet Greens. <laughs> I was thinking about taking Sahith Tagala myself. Uh, you can actually read my Fortnite. Uh, championship handicap on outkick.com backslash sports betting you'll see me i'm the only one handicapping golf on outkick but let's focus here on nfl week two actually real quick how did your week one go eston
1: week one you know i got i hit on my biggest bet that was baker mayfield anytime touchdown against the cleveland browns you know the the arduous and you know i write despicable off of the cleveland browns baker mayfield sent to the carolina panthers uh instant revenge game in week one, plus 700 was the best price for an anytime touchdown that was available via FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh so went into that pretty heavily, came through in the third quarter. And game lines were, you know, pretty typical. I don't feel too, too bad because it seems to be the case for most people I talk to. Game lines pretty much a bloodbath out there in week one. Uh, you know, I had the Jacksonville Jaguars as one of my bigger bets as well. They were looking great uh right up into and nearly through the fourth quarter and yeah uh another collapse there so yeah here's hoping game lines can get back on track or from week three on i'll just stick to the player props from there
0: all right i i was on the winning side of that uh commanders jaguars uh game but i i think i was on the wrong side just happened to cash that bet um uh there was just a couple just um just, just poor efforts out of Jacksonville. Travis Etienne dropped a ball going into the end zone. There was, that game could have broke uh, Jacksonville's way uh, several different times. But I don't know. I need as much luck as I can get, so I'll take it there. Uh, I went 3-2 in my Circa Millions last week, so off to a winning start in that big NFL contest. I was a 4-2 in last week's Outkick Bets uh, podcast picks, so pretty strong week one for myself uh we are going to kind of switch up the layout here for this episode and we kind of set the table before me and Essen start eating so instead of going through each game we're just going to focus on the bets that we've actually made and have in our account right now we'll also pick a survivor um play of the week before giving out our best bets but uh, without any further ado let's get gambling gamblers All right, so I'll let you take it away first since you're the guest. Um, I know you're looking at the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco game. What side do you have in that, Um, whether it be a player prop, a game, uh, a side, a total? What what action do you have there?
1: I'm on the Seahawks plus 9.5, and maybe you can blame me for some recency bias, but I find it very odd that there's none baked into this line. Uh, The 49ers went into Chicago. Yes, it was horrible weather conditions. The team they were playing was also in those horrible weather conditions. The Niners laying nine and a half points after losing to the Chicago Bears. Uh, This is just ridiculous to me. Um, You know, Geno Smith... You know we may very well live in a world where he is actually good now you know if you look back to his last two three starts of last season even they weren't bad uh four touchdowns without an interception in those last three starts of 2021 Uh, those came in the middle of the season sure uh, we can throw them out but he looked pretty good against the denver broncos and the seattle seahawks that defense was a whole lot better than at least i expected coming into and you know i think the 49ers win this game Laying nine and a half points is just ridiculous. The tickets are on Seattle. The money is on the 49ers, sure. Uh, Money's also on the under, though, too. So if we're expecting a low-scoring game, which makes sense based on what we saw for both of those teams last week, I don't see the under hitting and the 49ers winning by 10 or more.
0: Yeah. Uh, Piggybacking off that analysis a little bit, uh, DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett make up a really good wide receiver tandem so it's not like Geno Smith is thrown to his Jets teammates from when he first uh, broke into the NFL also I I I believe Pete Carroll hasn't lost it yet hasn't lost his fastball despite what uh, most NFL uh, pundits said this past offseason and I am not sold Trey Lance's a franchise quarterback Um, I'm not going to get into this game though, or I'm not going to bet this game because I actually had the Seahawks as one of my best bets. And I feel like they did get lucky to beat Denver last week. And this line is suggesting that, um, suggesting that San Francisco is every bit as, uh, or as, uh, as a lot better than Seahawks, which was indicated in the preseason lines as well. So, uh, however, as a fellow, Russell Wilson hater. How excited were you to watch them lose on Monday Night Football?
1: That was great. I mean, especially after that video going around Twitter, the internet everywhere that you see it, the the Broncos let ride. That, that's awesome. Uh, no one deserves to wear that on his on his face more than Russell Wilson. So that's that's just fantastic.
0: It was great. Was are four trips in the red zone he couldn't score on.
1: Yeah, uh, plus beautiful. a whole lot more where he couldn't do anything. Yeah, that was. No, good luck on him losing to Uh, Geno. Not a Geno Smith fan by any means, but put the two of them against each other, and it's a pretty lopsided choice for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely a Geno Smith supporter over Russell Wilson. Um, I did think it was funny that he couldn't score inside the 20, so are they going to blame that one on Hackett? Or why don't you just put it on Pete Carroll? It's Pete Carroll's fault, just like it was his fault he didn't score in the Super Bowl. This time Pete Carroll was playing defense instead of Apparently forcing him to throw it to Malcolm Butler, which seems to be the takeaway uh, from that, uh, that infamous Super Bowl uh, losing play from Russell Wilson. Now, I, I just think the media just slurps Russell Wilson too much. It was awesome to see him uh, get uh, humbled a little bit in his return to the Seattle Seahawks. But uh, do you have anything else to say about that game?
1: No, that's pretty clear for me. Uh, Again, just too big of a number. You mentioned they got lucky last week. Absolutely. Sure. Or got the luck they deserved between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson being morons. But, you know, you don't need to get that lucky to stay within 10 points. I think that's a very manageable feat. Again, largely because... I saw nothing in the San Francisco teams last week to believe in them. And now they lose their starting running back. So that, that hurts this team more than Seattle suffered anything last week.
0: Yeah. George Kittle also didn't practice today. So that's not good. Um, all right. Well, going on to my first pick, I I'm taking the uh, I'm taking the Miami dolphins plus three and a half at the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I wrote this one up today for outkick bets. So you're going to hear some of what I have already wrote, but um, I think you're overreacting either way you bet this game, um, and I choose to overreact with the Dolphins because I think they have a much better roster uh, from top to bottom, especially offensively. Um, I'm willing to agree that Baltimore's defensive personnel is a little better, but uh, Miami laid the blueprint how to defend uh, Lamar Jackson last year when they beat him down 22-10, to 10. Um, and that was – when Dolphin, the Dolphins recently snapped a seven-game losing streak, Baltimore was 6-2 and two heading into that game, seven-and-a-half-point favorites going into Miami. Um, yet the Miami Dolphins, um, they just employed a cover-zero scheme, applied mad uh, pressure, and just left their cornerbacks on an island against Baltimore's weak wide receiving core. Uh, also, um, I'm not overreacting to Baltimore beating the Dolphins uh, New York Jets by double digits because they they were supposed to the New York Jets are terrible and if you look at that game the New York Jets by the stats actually like con- um, considerably outplayed Baltimore they outgained them by like 134 total yards they had more time of possession they had 11 more first downs the bottom line is they couldn't convert a third down the New York Jets and they just their offense was a complete dud. So Baltimore had as many shots to score as they could. And, and eventually they were going to win by, by margin. So uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to more overreact to the dolphins because it does also con- confirm a little bit their week. One performance confirms my preseason projection of them, which is roughly a playoff team. If not uh, at least the second best team, in the AFC East. Um, I am high on higher on Tua than most of the market. And, I think this number um, is is a bit sketchy. So uh, Baltimore is a public favorite. Um, they've covered uh, big numbers, um, much bigger than this, over the years. But in this price point, they're only one in four against the spread uh, since ha- having or since starting Lamar Jackson, and um, they were again three seven and a half point favorites last year going into Miami. This year, granted. They're not supposed to be that much better than Miami, but they were projected to win two more games. They're the favorite to win the NAFC North, and yet they're only three-and-a-half-point favorites in Baltimore, which has a sneaky, strong home-field advantage. Maybe I'm reading the tea leaves wrong. I want to hear your input on this, but it feels kind of like a Baltimore trap line in my my, my, uh, perspective.
1: The three and a half is very key. I think I don't, I wouldn't bet it any lower than that. I think you need the hook there, but yeah, I, I mean, both these teams were like, they're just fun right now. A lot of high expectations across the board uh, for both of them. I'm, I'm buying, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on both, you know, they're just fun exciting teams. You know, you look at the dolphins. Yeah. Maybe we're overreacting. You know. Can't ignore the impact of Mike McDaniel. He's down to third by the odds to win Coach of the Year in most spots. You know these hip, cool, young NFL coaches have you know become the the off-season trend or you know the or the trendy hire at least. You know there are some videos put put out post-game of him with the Dolphins in the locker room, and you know you get a big win like that against your long-term most hated rival and the Patriots you know, that team's fully bought in after the one, that one video, I'm, I'm sold on that. And you know, that when that statement, when being able to come against the Patriots so early in the season, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm a believer in these Miami dolphins, three and a half, fine with me. You no, know, I, Ravens could very well win, but you know, if you're, they're giving another free hook, go ahead and take it. This can be a, a close game and an exciting game.
0: Right on. All right, cool. Well, uh, let's go to your, Second uh, bet on your slip here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons playing the Los Angeles Rams. How are you getting down on this game?
1: I like the over 47 on this. Uh, that's a good number. I'd go up to 47 and a half, 48 even. Uh, you know, Atlanta last week proved they have a confident offense, if nothing else. They obviously lost the same way the Atlanta Falcons have lost games for the last two, three years in horribly frustrating blowing a big lead fashion. But they put out 26 points on a New Orleans Saints defense that previously had been thought to be pretty good. Uh I like that. Uh they had a chance for a game winning field goal. It was blocked. Um, you know, young like, white Ku is one of the better kickers in the NFL. So that's not going to happen a whole lot, most likely. Uh, and then Los Angeles, you know, running Super Bowl champs 31-10 loss to the Buffalo Bills at home in the kickoff game. That was ugly. So maybe that defense isn't as good as it once was or as good as everyone just always expects it to be. So, uh, you know, I think there's an opening there for the Falcons to put up points on this Rams team. And we certainly know the Rams can, put up points on the Falcons. Anyone can put up points on the Falcons. So the nice chance for them to bounce back quickly at home again, against a much, much worse team than the Rams faced last week. I I like that. So uh, the Falcons are 25th in total DVOA through one week. The Rams are 27th. You know, the Rams are pretty good against the run actually. Uh, But you know, uh, Marcus Mariota looked looked confident uh, last week, and that's as much as the Falcons can ask given their ex- expectations coming into this season. So, yeah, I like the over a lot. The tickets and the money side with me as well. So, um, over 47 Falcons Rams.
0: Right on. Actually, my best handicap from last week, I, I went under Kyle Pitt's 16 and a half receiving yards, and he had 20, and it was just like a rocking chair cover. Every every bet that I made was a sweat, except for that one. It felt so good.
1: Yeah, that could be the theme for a little while. Drake London looked really good for the Falcons last week, though, To the rookie wide receivers. So, yeah, maybe they'll keep riding Drake London, and you can fade uh, Kyle Pitts once again. Uh, you know, the Bills wide receivers, obviously, the difference between Josh Allen and Marcus Mariota is gargantuan, but the Bills receivers had plenty of success against these Rams last week.
0: Yeah, I'd have to look at the Rams' defensive splits against tight ends. Um, I just really like the uh, Saints' linebacker core and safety group. That's uh, why I took under Kyle Pitts. We'll talk about the Saints here in a few minutes as well. They're also here on my bet slip. But um, I, I could see uh, Pitts having having a, a breakout game or a bounce-back performance. Um, the one concern that I would have about this total is just A.J. Terrell is an absolute animal and like he's one of the few guys that might possibly could possibly slow down Cooper cup. Probably not, but who knows, you know, but, uh, I, I am with you in the sense it's, it's over or pass just because like Atlanta's offense is sneaky dynamic. Like Marcus Mariota, obviously dual threat, um, quarterback quarter Patterson is, I don't know. He can do everything. I, I want to see him throw a ball. Um, Kyle Pitts is an absolute stud, and, and Drake London looked pretty good. So, um, if it was if I were to go either which way on the Falcons-Rams total, it would definitely be over. Um, but that's all I got on that game. Do you have any other final thoughts on that game, or can we move on to my next pick?
1: Let's move on to yours. Good
0: stuff. So, I, uh, I'm i going to play a two-team six-point teaser. Now, let me shout out – I pay a little bills here, Esten. Shout out the sponsor of this podcast – DraftKings Sportsbook. That's where I'm using all my odds. They allow you to do a six-point teaser. Um, for a two-team six-point teaser, it's actually minus 120, which is probably the highest that I would spend for a two-team point or a two six-point teaser. Uh, always make sure to shop around, but if you are in a uh, DraftKings-eligible state, you can get a promotional bonus by visiting outkick.com backslash a bet. We also have a promotional bonus for our other sponsor, points bet sports book. So, um, before you start gambling with either one of those shops, be sure to check out outkick.com backslash bet and get a promotional bonus. But um, I'm using um, the Washington Commanders and the, the Cincinnati Bengals in my two-team six-point teaser. I'm taking the Washington Commanders up to eight and a half. On pretty basic logic, the Detroit Lions are addicted to one-score games. They played... Nine last year and one last week, uh, or a one-score game last week against the the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, DeAndre Swift is not practicing, or at least he didn't practice on Wednesday when we're recording this podcast. I'm sure he'll end up playing, but if he is dinged up or compromised, that's just um, a further edge that Washington might have in this game. I think they have the better quarterback. I'm very well. It's almost a guarantee they have a better defense. Detroit's defense is absolute crap. So even if Carson Wentz is playing a complete stinker doing his turnover thing, the back door is gonna be wide open, uh, to cover that eight and a half point um, teaser line with, with Washington. So Washington plus eight and a half is my first teaser look, and the other one again is the Cincinnati Bengals minus two and a half. Uh Aston, did you did you watch Sunday night football between the Bucks and the Cowboys?
1: Uh, until i fell asleep which was shortly after halftime you know that was a boring game
0: actually me too and uh you're on the east coast i'm on the west coast so that gives you you an idea of how lame i am but the first half is all i was actually gonna point to so i never watched cooper rush get in that game i only watched Dak prescott i don't know when he broke his hand he looked effing terrible he was terrible, and but the thing that jumped out to me most about this, and now we've heard this for years since um, Jerry's World Open back in 2009, that was a lifeless, dead crowd. There was absolutely no juice in the crowd for a home opener against Tom Brady, coming off of a division-winning season. Like the Cowboys, yeah, they sucked in the playoffs. It was very embarrassing, but like otherwise. How can they not come into this season super excited? Dak Prescott, as far as we knew, came in healthy. You know, they still had C.D. Lamb. Micah Parsons in an absolute beast. Uh, Diggs is a beast. And yet there was no juice in that locker or in that, um, in that stadium. And that's just kind of par for the course with AT&T Stadium, that Dallas crowd. It's not a very lively crowd. I think they're just going to roll over on this season unless Dak comes back. And gets back to form fast. The the juju with Mike McCarthy is terrible. Everyone knows Sean Payton's going to be the next coach. Like that's the worst kept secret in the NFL. And the Bengals obviously should come in pissed, right? Um, they're the only team in their division that didn't win a game. They they, they need to to, to respond, um, uh, respond with a, with a with a huge effort and a huge performance out of the uh, out of. Uh, uh, against Dallas and the AT&T stadium has a fast track and I just I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to run all over the D- Dallas Cowboys defense and take out their frustration I I'm actually thinking about just laying the eight and a half in the contest because I'm struggling for a fifth bet but I'll definitely tease down the Bengals to minus two and a half um, and uh, add that to Washington plus eight and a half so that's my six point teaser any any thoughts on that
1: I think he nailed it on the head with the Cowboys. There's so much going around with that team, right? You wonder how much the locker room has a given up on Mike McCarthy. B. How serious that Prescott's potential leg foot injury was or ankle injury was coming into week 1 and then the broken thumb. Um and then yeah, obviously C. the Sean Payton rumors just aren't going to go away until he's actually hired in just a few months time. So, yeah, I don't know. I agree that you no know, you'll show up with zero fight uh, against you know the Super Bowl champs from 2 years ago how much are you going to care about the defending AFC champs uh, especially with Cooper Rush at quarterback the uh, yeah
0: yeah and Bengals coming in angry right they need this right, win right. also like Cowboys are going to be without seven offensive starters from last year's team you got Dak I think three offensive linemen Maybe Michael Gallup plays, but, the, you know, Amari Cooper went to Cleveland. Cedric Wilson went to Miami. Like, that's a lot of turnover. That's a lot of turnover. So.
1: Sure, and of the quarterbacks in the NFL who you can guarantee are going to go from five turnovers in a game to zero or one, Joe Burrow's in that class, obviously. So, Did yeah, you- I think. I think playing a, a lesser defense, one where that he's not going to get sacked seven times and not going to throw four interceptions in what seemed to be the first ten minutes, uh, it's going to be uh, a nice bounce back for the Bengals for sure.
0: Did you read or hear the story about how he took his post-game shower fully clothed? He was so pissed off he just like walked into the shower with his jersey on. Joe Burrow but- did.
1: That really teeters on the line of so pissed off or just depressingly sad, um, yeah, either way, I, I think there. he's gonna take it the on the cowboys, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's hope for that all
0: right, well that's uh that's my six point teaser. um let's go over to your actually, I'm gonna stay here since um I have a few more bets than you do, but i'm uh I, I bet that I already have my bet slip and definitely going on my my circa millions is I'm taking the saints plus the points. I already bet it at three and a half, but I'll play it down to two and a half. I'm going to bet the saints to, to win on the money line. Um, the, the, the line has dropped from four, three and a half to two and a half, despite most of the money and most of the tickets being on the, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So obviously the reverse line movement is, um, is notable and, and, and concerning if you are, uh, backing the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the spot. Also, I'm pulling up Adam Schefter's tweet right now. Here is the Bucks injury report um, as of Wednesday. Tom Brady didn't play or didn't practice. That's always... Oh, well, uh, that's Giselle related. Mike Evans was limited in practice. Fournette limited in practice. Russell Gage didn't practice. Chris Godwin didn't practice. Julio Jones didn't practice. Donovan Smith didn't practice. And Donovan Smith would be, if he doesn't play this game, would be the third offensive lineman missing from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from last year, and their offensive line is one of their strengths. Also, Gronk retiring hurts the offense. Both he has a pass catcher and a blocker, so um, that, in my opinion, gives um, New Orleans a strength on weakness edge with their defensive line versus Tampa Bay's banged-up offensive line. Also, New Orleans owns... Tampa Bay in the regular season since, since Tom Brady joined. Um, they're 4 0 straight up and against the number in those regular season matchups. They have a 16 point margin of victory, uh, a 20 point ATS differential, that the Saints do. And people act like New Orleans defense, given Tampa Bay's offense troubles, is a random thing. It's not random. The New Orleans Saints defense is nasty. They've been nasty for like five years now. Over the last five years, I think they're third in uh, defensive EPA and second in defensive success rate. They're just legitimately a great defense, stacked with talent. So, um, and 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 going along that or with that in mind, Marcus Lattimore absolutely dominates Mike Evans. Mike Evans in his last four games against the against the Saints as averaging two yards or two catches per game, excuse me, 32 yards per game. He does have two touchdowns, but again, they've been meaningless because he's been three score games mostly. So I'm going to take the Saints. Um I was gonna say it feels kind of like a fake, sharp sucker play, but like money's pouring into the bucks and the line's moving towards New Orleans. So I'm still gonna take it and if it's at two and a half now, you want to be a little safer, maybe use that. As a teaser leg with the Bengals instead of the Washington Commanders, so
1: I like that angle. I mean, I've, it talked me into New Orleans a bit here. I it was a stay away for me, but you know, I, I'd have no issue teasing up New Orleans, uh, especially given the info you just provided.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, let's go to your third pick here. Um, I know you got something here on the Arizona Cardinals, Las Vegas Raiders.
1: This is another one to me that really just seems way too egregious of an overreaction from the sports books, right? We all watched the Chiefs just beat up on the Cardinals last week. Well, the Raiders aren't the Chiefs. Uh, most people went all off season trying to figure out how the Chiefs don't win the AFC West, how the Raiders do win the AFC West. After week one, I think it's you know pretty clear who, The the hierarchy stays the same as it's always been Uh, the Raiders were able to keep it close against the Chargers last week sure Uh, that's their competition in the division it's not the chiefs they're fighting with the Chargers for a wild card spot. Uh, No, and you know the Raiders are very familiar with this chargers roster uh, and especially with quarterback justin herbert they haven't faced kyler murray before the last time these two teams met in 28 was in 2018 that was Derek carr against josh rosen so you no know, kyler murray is a fresh look for them um cardinals yeah uh there was an ugly loss for them you sure would have liked to have seen them keep it close closer against a kansas city chiefs team especially with the cardinals having Super Bowl aspirations or Super Bowl being in the Super Bowl discussion for the last couple of years here. Obviously, not really coming close to pulling through on that under Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, whoever you want to blame. But plus six against the Raiders, yeah, it's on the road, sure. But, you know, this Cardinals team, you know, is a completely different look than the familiar opponent the Raiders played last week. And I think. The reaction to this line comes both ways, right? It's disbelief in the Cardinals, throwing them aside coming into week two, and it's too much faith in the Raiders. Yes, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr looked nearly as good as most people expected them to coming into the year. That's fine. Uh, Cardinals plus six is the line I have uh, on Wednesday afternoon here. That that seems fair. Raiders can go ahead and win. Um But, you know, the the cards aren't going
0: to lose by 23 again. No, I I agree with your point about the market overreacting to KC's beatdown of Arizona. I I was on Arizona. That was actually my best bet. Um, Felt pretty stupid halfway through that game, obviously. But it's like if there's a one team that you probably shouldn't fade, especially in week one, off of the most rest, it's going to be an Andy Reid coach team with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, you know, but – you got to make ballsy plays if you're going to win in the NFL. That's uh, an angle that I, I I liked, and I was I was quickly humbled. Um, but to your point, Vegas is not KC, and to me, the uh, Vegas they were a profitable team for me last year, but they did not look good in Week One. Uh, the, the the Chargers tried their damnest to give that game away, and Vegas just could not grab it. Now. Devonte Adams and Derek Carr, they looked dope. They looked amazing. But like the team itself, not that good. Even Darren Waller looked good. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Chargers' defense really is legit. I actually think it could be, and maybe that's what it is. And and this line is right. But, um, I I do agree with you in the sense, at least directionally, that the Cardinals are the way to go on this one. So. Um, that's, that's kind of all I got. Do you have any, any further thoughts on, on Cardinals, Cardinals Raiders?
1: No, we're we're all set there. I'm glad, glad to have your support. (laughs)
0: You'll always have my support friend. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to the, uh, Monday night football, uh, for my, um, for my next best bet here. I'm going to the first actually Monday Night Football game. The Tennessee Titans. There's a doubleheader this this uh this week, but the Tennessee Titans are visiting the Buffalo Bills. I'm gonna do it, dude. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the points with the Tennessee Titans. I gotta see what the market's uh going for right now at the Tennessee Titans. Looks like it's at ten. Ninety percent of the money is coming in on the Buffalo Bills, eighty-eight percent of the tickets. Now I already talked about betting this game on last week's podcast. I essentially predicted where we would be coming into this podcast. I said that the New York Giants would probably keep it close against the Tennessee Titans because the Tennessee Titans just never cover as 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 favorites or cover big numbers. I even said that maybe the Giants sneak up on them and beat them. I also said Buffalo Bills, they're my number one power-ranked team coming into the season. I thought they were going to beat the Rams convincingly. I was a little surprised at how convincingly they beat them, but... I knew that we would get a stinker from the Titans and a great performance out of the Bills in week one. And I also knew the market was going to significantly overreact to that. Now, the look-ahead line was the Titans plus seven. It's up to ten right now, and I just think it's too much of an overreaction, and it's too many points to give Mike Vrabel. He's uh, been—the Titans have gotten nine or more points in two different games. Um, While Mike Vrabel has been the coach, I covered and won both of them outright. Um, As three and a half point dogs are greater, they're nine and five straight up, nine and five against the number. And this is kind of just how you gamble on the NFL, right? Everyone, rightfully so, loves the Buffalo Bills. I love the Buffalo Bills. And if you listen to preseason NFL gambling previews most people were cool on the Tennessee Titans right most people expected uh, regression so there is a lot of confirmation bias in the week one result so I more or less already talked myself into making this bet last week and I'm just continuing that logic I don't even really know how the Titans are going to get there but they're they're gonna cover 10 and that's I got the bet in my account actually I don't have the bet in my account it's a lie I'm hoping to get it over ten and a half. and a really. Um, I don't see any buyback coming from the Titans. So even if it gets to, if it somehow got to eight and a half, I'd be like, all right, whatever. I'll still take it, right? I would take it down to seven and a half. So um, what, what are your thoughts on any of that?
1: I agree with you that you're, absolutely right to wait that out as long as possible a game between the Tennessee Titans and Buffalo Bills no one's betting the Titans right anything coming in on that game is going to be on Buffalo uh yeah no I agree largely with the angle and you know this isn't college football the Los Angeles Rams were the bulletin board opponent for 31 teams in the league right the Bills are able to march down to SoFi Stadium in week one put up as good of a statement game as could have been imagined right like you're not going to do better than beating the chance by 21. What incentive do you have for beating up on a team that just lost to the Giants? You know, no offense to your Giants of course, but uh, you know the the Rams had some success running with Durrell Henderson against the Bills early in that game. We didn't see a whole lot of Derrick Henry last week. Maybe t- t- Tennessee f- smartens up and decides to lean on him early in the game. And Derek Henry is a lot better than Darrell Henderson, so maybe that's the key to keeping it close for a little while. And you know the Rams don't have that motivation to pile on kind of garbage time scores as they did on opening night.
0: Yeah, and I and I do think the Titans' defense is legit, um, not more legit than Buffalo's offense. Granted, I mean Buffalo again. I think they're winning the Super Bowl. I don't have any action on them because the the prices sucked, but like. They're my number one team. I I, I think the world of them. It just this is this is the spot where the dog covers in the NFL traditionally, right? Like number one team, home favorite, opening week, favorites to win the Super Bowl, just beat the reigning Super Bowl champion, unextended rest. Everyone's gonna be hammering the Bills, and it's just like I it almost forces me. Like if ninety percent of the public are going to bet one side of a primetime NFL football game. Got to, You Got almost have to take the other side.
1: Well, it's already nearly the reverse situation of the Bills game last week, right? They're the presumed Super Bowl winners this year. So, they just took down the champs. Everyone's going ahead and handing them the 2023 Lombardi trophy here. But let's not forget the Titans won the AFC last year, or, you know, regular season title. Yeah, just really dumb trading A.J. Brown away. Uh, not making up for that, but yeah, they, they should keep this a whole lot closer in what is probably a letdown spot for the bills just because they blew their motivation uh, in week one. Well, successfully blew their motivation in week one. They're not going to have that same motivation to beat up on the Titans here.
0: Yeah. I, I, AJ Brown is an absolute alpha. No pushing back on that. I do like Traylon Burks, their, their first round wide receiver. I think he could be good. Not A.J. Brown good. A.J. Brown, I think, was the third highest graded uh, wide receiver in PFF last week and put on a hell of a show against Detroit, right? But they also picked up Robert Woods, who low-key is, like, the best um, blocking wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, He used to have to block in Sean McVay's offense all the the time. So, like, you know, I, I just... I, I, I guess I'm kind of beating around the bush or, or, or talking to myself in a circle. It's my main handicapping angle is 90% of the people are going to be in Buffalo. So it's like, all right, all right, I'll I'll go, I'll take the other side. Um, yeah,
1: I just waited out as long as possible, right, just because money's going to keep coming in Buffalo, especially through the weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't – I just don't see it getting below 8.5, and, and I think it could get to 10 and a half 11. So that's what I'm kind of hoping on. Um, a lot of people got nuked in their survivor pools last week. Um, the survivor millions, which is the biggest, biggest survivor pool, I think in the country. Um, the four out of the top five pick teams, uh, lost. the Colts, the Titans, well, the Colts tied, but a tie is a loss in a survivor pool. Um, Titans, 49ers and Broncos. The top pick team was who I went with week one was, which was the Baltimore Ravens. They, Um, obviously beat the New York Jets. But if you had to make a one survivor selection, who would you, who would you pick this week?
1: This week? Yeah. Uh, Awfully scary results last week. That was kind of one of the bigger week one blow ups we've seen in in recent years. And there's been a lot more in recent years than, you know, before, like seemingly you remember. Um, Get get
0: this dude, 6,100. Survivor entrance went down to I think twenty five hundred in the first week, in circa.
1: <laughs> be, be a nice time for a cash out. Yeah. Uh, week two, I'm probably just gonna play it safe, go with the Bengals. We so, you know we talked about that game at length. A lot of good reasons to like Cincinnati, even on the road here. Um, but yeah, I think after what we saw last week. You gotta go ahead and use use a big dog now. Sure, go ahead, go for it. Um, you know, uh, you know, if we've lost what, whatever the math is, or what you just said 80, 85 percent of the already. You know, go ahead, use use one of the top teams, get it over with.
0: Um, I was looking at the Packers just because that's the biggest number, but I, I'm with you on the Bengals. Me and my guest last week. Uh, both land on the Ravens. I'm not going to overthink it. Let's just both pick the Bengals here. Uh, although, if you remember, Cooper Rush last year ruined a whole bunch of survivor pools when uh, when he had to replace Dak Prescott against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football, and they ended up upsetting the, the Minnesota Vikings. I I don't see that happening here because, as we're going to talk about, that primetime beta, Kirk Cousins isn't playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um but it is just something to, that I wanted to note. All right, so we saved our best bets for last year. Um, let's talk about your best bet first here. Who do you, What's uh, the, the side, total, player prop, whatever, that you're most excited about entering week two?
1: My best bet is the Pittsburgh Steelers as home underdogs against the Patriots. You can get the Steelers at even money or even plus 105 is what I found earlier this afternoon obviously there's some injury concerns on both sides coming into this so this number could swing pretty quickly in either direction uh you know i'm not a doctor i'm not going to sit here and try to predict when the best time is going to be to get it i saw plus 105 on wednesday i jumped on it mac jones um you know back spasms last week was the issue apparently he looked good in practice on wednesday but if you have any kind of back issue problem um being bothered uh, in your back. The team you don't want to face is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's even without TJ Watt in the lineup. That's a huge loss for the Steelers long term. I don't think it's necessarily gonna be horrible for them this week, week two. They are at home against the Patriots here. That's key. You know, if anything happens to Mac Jones that knocks him out of this game pregame or in game, Brian Hoyer's the backup, uh, you know, this Patriots receiving group even though they tried to add to it in the offseason, bringing in Devonte Parker, you know, I'm, I'm still not scared of it. You know, it's better than it was last year, but that's hardly a uh, words of encouragement. Uh, the Steelers defense looked fantastic last week and Mitch Trubisky looked better than Ben Roethlisberger in the second half of last year. Uh, you know, the big receivers, no one had a, standout game really largely because the defense did most of the work scoring against Joe Barrow, Joe Bur- <coughs> Joe Burrow. excuse me. I don't expect them to be that good again, uh, especially against a Bill Belichick team. Um, but if Jones is anything less than a hundred percent here, you know, that opens the door to some turnover problems. Again, uh, Pittsburgh won the turnover battle 5-0 last week, New England lost it 3-0 against the Dolphins. So, you know, uh, if, Pittsburgh can win 2-1 or 3-2 this week. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Plus 105 again is what I got. Anything even money or above is a steal.
0: Yeah, the consensus is uh Steelers plus two at home. So another advantage teaser leg, if that's your sort of thing. You want to pair that up with something else. I don't know if you will ensure your money line bet with a little teaser leg. I guess it's not like a straight hedge or insurance because you're relying on another team, but I don't hate it as a teaser leg. I, I feel better about it as a teaser leg, even though I do agree with your analysis, just because like Bill Belichick versus Mitch Trubisky is, is very, very concerning. But to your point, I think like Pittsburgh's roster is way, way better than New England's roster, I mean they they have a few quality defensive coordinators and I don't think Bill Belichick even really has an a coordinator on his staff. So, I mean, like he should have hired back Brian Flores. Instead, Mike Tomlin's got Brian Flores. So, and we saw how 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 much um Mac Jones struggled against Miami Dolphins with Brian Flores as the coach last year. So, I think that's a good look. Um but you know how uh, how much I hate Mitch Trubisky, so I just can't get behind it.
1: Hey, if there's ever a reason to not make a bet, Mitch Trubisky is a good one. So I'll uh, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean I'm fading the world beaten Buffalo Bills who I have winning the Super Bowl, so what do I know? <laughs> uh my best bet is I'm going to the uh the second Monday night football game, Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now the consensus number actually let me look at DraftKings, excuse me. The DraftKings number that I'm using is uh, minus two. I jotted it down at two and a half, minus two. So I feel a little bit better about that. And Kirk Cousins choking in primetime or underperforming in primetime is something you can set your watch to. It happens every single year. He's two and nine in his career in Monday Night Football. His two wins were against the Nick Foles Chicago Bears and then the Justin Fields Chicago Bears. The final scores of those games, 17-9. 19 to 13. He didn't do shit in those games, right? Because he doesn't do shit in any Monday Night Football game. And I do think, based on all the different gambling content I've consumed over the last couple days, the biggest overreaction in the market is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Yeah, you can make an argument. They look good. Uh, They did slay the defending reigning NFC North champions. But I think that was more of Green Bay coming in for another Uh, for a second straight season sluggish off of their preseason storylines and stuff. And if you've paid attention at all to Aaron Rodgers over the past week, it feels like the last thing he's focused on is football. This guy did Joe Rogan. He did Bill Maher. He did the Sunday conversation with Barstool. He's out there smoking cigars and Jays with Bill Maher. It's a trip. He did Pat McAfee. like? I don't think this guy cares even a little bit about football, and he came in laid an egg in week one. Same thing as last year. So, also like, I don't know. I, I'm I hope you you can remember the play that I'm referencing, but there was a there was a couple, but one specifically, where Justin Jefferson is running, running wide open in the middle of the field. Anyone could have made that throw, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins really didn't play that good. He has the best receiver, top three receiver in football, who made up 194 of his 277 yards. Dalvin Cook had four and a half yards per carry. They only scored 23 points against the Green Bay Packers defense that, frankly, I think is overrated. Just because they've drafted defense recently doesn't mean they have necessarily a top 10 defense. So I think the Vikings win. Last week was more the Green Bay Packers just not coming in buttoned up. And the Philadelphia Eagles, I think we're getting a better number on them because they didn't cover against the Detroit Lions. And you can criticize that all you want, but, like, Dan Campbell just will cover numbers. That is what this guy does. Like, the whole bullshit cliche where, you know, don't stop fighting. They actually, like, live that mantra. They don't stop fighting for Dan Campbell. And, you know, like— I think the reverse way to look at it, or the the the, the glass half full, way of looking at it for the Philadelphia Eagles is that they were up thirty one or thirty eight twenty one going into the fourth quarter. That game was over. The Lions snuck in the back door. So I think we're getting a reduced price against a Kirk Cousins, who again the the the. The biggest factor in this handicap is how terrible he is in primetime games. You want to blame that on Jay Gruden, Mike Zimmer, whatever. I'm putting on the guy that makes $40 million a year. It's his fault. So that's my best bet of the whole board. Philadelphia Eagles, minus two, Monday Night Football. You got any thoughts for that handicap?
1: going to circle back to the point you made about Justin Jefferson. I don't know if it's the same play because this kind of play happens a lot with Justin Jefferson. But yeah, there was one he caught it and like immediately braced himself as if he expected to get hit from three different angles and then picked his head up and there was nobody in sight on the screen uh, and then ran in for the score. Uh, So that's what's going to make me go against this being worthy of best bet confidence is I don't want to bet against Justin Jefferson the same way you do want to bet against Mr. Trubisky. But yeah, a lot of the rest of that is well supported and yeah, this this Eagles team is a lot better than the close game it ended up being last week against Detroit.
0: Yeah, and people are like saying like looking at that Justin Jefferson highlight or some of his stats and being like see the Minnesota Vikings offense is great. I'm sorry, like Justin Jefferson, I don't I don't care what your defense is doing, what strategy they should ha they have, he should never be that wide open. That was an epic defensive f up it wasn't it was not good offense him being as open as he was on a few of those routes, so I do think the the Vikings is ultimately the biggest overreaction of n f l week one, and that's what I'm trying to capitalize on here, so
1: yeah, that sticks with the study theme is just go against these overreactions. We touched on a few games where it seems to converge on both sides and we're now getting the best of the number that way. So yeah, uh, try to keep a level head and, you know, spot those differences. And, you know, I think both of us tried to do a good job of that here.
0: So I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast to riff with me. I missed you, buddy. Hopefully we can, give uh the outkick bets listeners some winners i feel strong about my analysis i feel stronger about your analysis since you beat my ass when we went head-to-head every time uh, a couple years ago but why don't you tell our listeners where they can follow your your handicapping and and your stuff
1: appreciate thank you yes follow sportsbookreview.com we're not only offering up picks on every game of the top games across you know all the major sports uh we're also reviewing the top sportsbooks too so if you're looking to sign up for any one of these numbers and you don't trust the commercials uh sportsbook review gives a very balanced and you know unbiased grade of sportsbooks so come there look at that and follow me at estin mclaren.com est or er, sorry at Eston mclaren I don't have a website just to clear hand
0: <laughs> you should start your own website though <laughs> Hey, if you, uh, if you hire a contributor, can I be that guy?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> nice. Thanks for hopping on with me, homie. Uh, best of luck to you guys in NFL Week 2 or, or however you're getting down on the sports slate for the rest of the week. Do us a favor, or do me a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review Outkick Bets with me, your host, Jeff Clark. Best of luck, and we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Peace.